good to be with you. I, during the worship, I was reminded of two prayers that I had over Belmont back during the Jesus Movement. Some of, us, some of you are with us there. Uh, my first one was that we would worship the Lord like he should be worshiped. But my second one was, and that's what reminded me of it, the worship. I just thank God for the worship. My second one was, oh God, please help us to live like we just worshiped. I mean, please help us to do what we just talked about. Spirit of the Lord, fall on us. Transform us. And so that's, that's really what I'm going to talk to you about this morning. And it's, I, I, I don't, I'm not talking to you as one who, I've got it all together, so let me tell you how it's going to happen. No, I'm talking to you as a fellow, for, as a fellow traveler with you. Uh, just sharing some of the kinds of things that I've learned and am learning. I'm still in the process of all this. That's why the Lord still has me here. Uh, one, of, one of my pieces of my vision statement is that I'm a man after God like David, and therefore I will not depart from this life until God has, has accomplished his purpose for me in this generation. That's said of David in Acts 13, 36. So that's, that's what, I don't want any of us to depart from this life until God has accomplished his purpose for us in this generation, whatever we're supposed to be doing. And by the way, just as an aside, before I continue, uh, greetings to you from Northern Rock, Kurdistan. I just got back last week. And the believers there, we, we met with believers in Egypt and in Kurdistan on the two ends of the Isaiah 19 highway. So it was really good. I'm just, I'm just grateful to be with you and, and to share with you some of the things I'm learning. And so, Lord, we give this time to you. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for this. Thank you for these people that are in front of me here and maybe some of them that are online, whatever, that are passionately desiring with everything we know. We want to follow you. We want the fullness of your Holy Spirit, whatever that means in our lives. We want to be controlled by your Spirit. And so teach us how to do this, Lord, and let us share with each other. And, and let me just share some of the things that I need to share that will challenge the, those that are in front of me, but keeps challenging me. So we just surrender our lives to you afresh in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, I, uh, one of the things that I was interesting is uh, the other day, uh, last Friday, I was in a worship time, and which we are in, we have this worship times every morning at Caleb Company, and Todd McDowell was leading worship, and he and during the worship, we were talking, we were saying these songs about Jesus is my friend. You know, he said, I'm not, I don't call you servants anymore, I call you friends. And so I had this nudge from the Holy Spirit. This is, this is the kind of thing that I, that, that I want us all to live. I, I had this nudge from the Holy Spirit. And so I wrote a little note to myself. And it said that I may enjoy Jesus more than anyone, even my closest friend and confidant. If he's my closest, if he's my friend, he should be my closest friend. I mean, even with husbands and wives, you're not going to be as good a husband or wife unless Jesus is closer friend to you than your husband or wife. And so, uh, so I, I just thought, that's, I want that. And then we kept on worshiping, and in a few minutes I wrote another one. I said that, that, I, I, I just, that I not just go for a walk. I go for walks, but that I go for a walk with him. I mean, you know, you go walking with a friend so you can talk to a friend. Why not go walking with the Lord and let, and let him talk to you? Because he talks both ways. I mean, see, one of the things that the, those up that are a little older in the crowd, 
uh, that were, and probably with a lot of us, didn't, didn't grow up believing that the Holy Spirit still spoke. But he does. And so what, what we want is, and so on this day of Pentecost, on, on a Gregorian calendar, this is the day of celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit. And I love it that you had that up there, on there. But I just thought, I'll, I'll share some of the kinds of, I'll share this welcome Holy Spirit. I believe every church in the whole world ought to be celebrating Pentecost because that's God's Spirit returned to mankind and now He lives in us. So what I thought I would do is just sort of give you a little rundown historically of how God intended for us to walk when He created us in the garden and then what happened when we fell and then how the Spirit was separated us through all these centuries and then how Jesus came to bring the Spirit back to us. And then when he left, he said to the apostles to wait, and the Holy Spirit's going to come on them. And then, anyway, and, and, and so that's where we are. So let me, just, let me just start with this. In Genesis, the second chapter, verse 7, you've got this passage that says, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now, breath in Hebrew is the same word as spirit. He breathed in him the spirit of life, and man became a living soul. I, I, that's, this is the NIV translation. Both the King James and the New American Standard use the word soul instead of being. I like that word better because it's the Hebrew word nephesh, which really and the soul is our mind, our will, and emotions. So when God created Adam out of the dust, he breathed spirit into him, and man became a living soul. The soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. But now God's Spirit put a spirit inside of us, and the spirit inside of us separates from all the animals. Animals have a soul. They have a mind. You got any pets? They have a will, and they have emotions. But they don't have the spirit. And so the thing that separates us is that God's spirit is. But then, in Genesis, the second chapter, verse 17, God says to them, you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So they didn't die physically, but God said they would die. How'd they die? They died spiritually, which means God's spirit was separated from them. And so now man is left with a human spirit and soul. And when God created us, he intended that his spirit inside our spirit would be what I call the control panel of the human anatomy. We would make every decision based on God's spirit and our spirit. But when God's spirit departed from us, all man had left was to make decisions on the human spirit, the mind, the will, and the emotions. So all through the Old Testament, the spirit of God doesn't live inside of people. Now he would settle on people. He'd settle on the David. He had to settle on some of the prophets, but he didn't live inside of all of his people. And so, but there, the prophets all promised, I mean, when, when they would talk about it, they would promise that the Spirit is going to return. Uh, the the uh, Joel passage in Joel, the second chapter, verse 28, he says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. I will, that's, that's a future promise that God gives. I'm going to return the Spirit of God to mankind. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. On all of your children, your sons, I'll pour out my spirit. 
so there is this pro there's prophecy and another one that I don't have the overhead for on, on this one I think but in Ezekiel the 36th chapter there's a about Israel you know a lot of you know that I totally believe that Jewish people are all going to come back to faith it's I, I stand on God's promise on that I'm not even concerned I mean I'm concerned about it I'm just prayerful about it but it's going to happen you know why because let me tell you in Ezekiel the 36th chapter verses like 24 to 27 God says when I bring you back from all the countries where you have been settled and this is the first generation in history where that's happened they've come back from the north south east and west never before in history have they come back from the from the north a million Russian Jews from the south Ethiopian Jews they'd come back from Babylon they'd come back from Egypt but they'd not come back from the north and the west till our generation so he says when I bring you back from those countries, what I'm going to do is uh, and it says to Israel, I'm going to take out of you a heart of stone and I'll put in you a heart of flesh. And listen to this, I'm going to put my spirit in you and I'm going to move you to do my will. Now that's his promise. Let me just take a little diversion here and tell you the fulfillment of that before I, before I go ahead. Uh, there's, okay, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this one. There's a rabbi, his name is Aaron, and he was in the Hasidic community in Israel which means the ultra-Orthodox, curls down the side, black hat, all that. And he really wanted to know the Lord. And so he would move from Hasidic community to Hasidic community, really wanting to follow the Lord. And he was so, and when he found out somebody was giving away a New Testament, he would order one in order to burn it, in order just to defy this God of the New Testament. He wanted the God of the Old Testament. But he, he kept not being satisfied. And so finally, two years ago, he left the Hasidic community and he started investigating other things. Maybe God's not there. Maybe he's somewhere else. And he finally decided, you know what? I'm going to order one of those New Testaments and read it. And so he did. And he came to faith. And last November, he was baptized. I've got a picture of him on my phone. The Alex, the man who baptized him. See, God was fulfilling what he said in Ezekiel 36. He's fulfilling the same, but the same God that did that works in us. Let me tell you another one. There was a, there was a guy named Dean, and he finished his IDF, his Israel Defense Fund course, and then he went to Brazil with a friend of his, and he's out walking with his friend one day, and he's so frustrated because he's not, he doesn't know what life is all about. And he went walking with his friend, and Finally, he said to his friend, you know, I just need to be alone. And so he said, so his friend left him, and he got off by himself, and he just started railing at God. He said, what's going on? Who are you? Do you even exist? And he said he felt like a vibration settled over him. See, fulfillment of prophecy. And he felt like somebody was hugging him. And then he felt like God said to him, this wasn't I. I'm coming to you. Well, he went back and he was talking to his friend and he tried to tell him what was happening. He couldn't talk. Fulfillment of prophecy. And, and so he thought, well, okay, if I can't talk, I'll write down what happened to me. And the only thing he could write down was the word Yeshua in Hebrew. He didn't know what Yeshua was or who Yeshua was, and his friend didn't. Because that's the Hebrew name, but in Israel, they don't call him Yeshua. I mean, the unbelievers call him Yeshua, which means may his name be blotted out. And so, so, but he wrote down Yeshua. So then 
He went back to Israel and one day was on Facebook and saw the name Yeshua in any way. Now he's a believer following the Lord. Can I tell you one more? I mean, this is the, this is the kind of work of the Holy Spirit, God. But see, God's the same, the same Spirit that does that's working in you and me. He can do the same kind of thing. And let's believe him for more. So the, this one, I was just with this girl in Iraq last week. Her name is Rachel. That's her first name. And we don't tell people her last name. She was reared in Masharim, the most orthodox area of, of Israel. And she was, must have been a strong-willed child because her testimony is she was beaten all of her early years. And, and finally, at age 15, her parents introduced her to her husband. And she thought, well, at least I'm getting out of my home and won't be beaten up all the time. But on a wedding night, her husband beat her up and broke her arm in order to bring her in submission. But she was so strong-willed, she couldn't, he never did succeed, so he finally told her she was going to hell, and he put her on a plane. She thought she was going to hell. Never on a plane, only spoke Yiddish. Got to New York, the flight attendant had to tell her to get off. She sat at the airport for three days. Finally, after three days, her uncle came to her and found her and said, we left you here intentionally for three days because I've got to get you in shape and send you back to your husband. She got so frustrated that she started cutting herself and trying to kill herself. And her uncle in New York finally put her, put her out of the house. So she went walking, and one day she saw a cross on a building, and she remembered that her daddy said that if you ever go in a church building, you'll die. She thought, oh, good. So she walked in this church building, and she didn't die. She thought, well, maybe I didn't go far enough. So she went on down closer, and Jesus came to her, fulfilling prophecy. She's hungry. And he told her who he was and told her to believe in him. He said, I want you to do what I did. She said, what'd you do? He said, I healed the sick. I raised the dead. I cast out demons. So she finally left the church building and, and walked outside and there was a homeless man in a wheelchair. She remembered what he said, so she went over and started praying for him. In Yiddish still. No, he didn't even speak Hebrew. And he jumps out of the wheelchair and starts screaming, so all the homeless start lining up for her to pray for them. And when she finished that, she went over and sat down on what was a bus stop, sat there for a little while, and this woman, this, this is a woman we know, we talk with all the time. I was with her last week. She's, she's now married to a man just recently. But anyway, this woman picked her up and came by and said, what are you doing? Well, I'm just sitting here. She said, well, uh, the Lord told me to come pick up somebody here. And so she kept talking to her. She said, when did you learn English? Or when did you start speaking English? And she said, about three minutes ago. <laughs> and she speaks flawless English. And she didn't ever learned it. She now, he, the Lord gave her English and Hebrew, but she had to learn Arabic. So she, this, took, this woman took her to a Heidi Baker meeting, if that means anything to you. And then, anyway, we met her when she was in... When, when she's come here, she's visited us here. Anyway, the fulfillment of prophecy. So, now back to the back to the to the storyline. The prophets were all saying that this is going to happen, that in the future God's going to return His Spirit to live in us. Well, then Jesus came, and Jesus, God had to become man in order to pay our family debt. There's no bankruptcy laws in, in the spirit. And the, fan, the, debt, the debt of sin that was in Adam and every person who has ever lived and ever will live was unpaid. 
but one of our family members had to pay that debt, but there was no family member who could pay it because we all added to it. So God became man, and Jesus' favorite title was when he was walking with us is Son of Man. He was God, but he was Son of Man. And when he walked among us, he didn't walk with all of his power of God. He walked as a man who was full of God's Spirit to show us how a man or woman, a person full of God's Spirit could walk. And so in Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 1, Luke says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he was full of the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus is among us, he started telling his friends that the Holy Spirit's going to return to you. Now, and so in John, the seventh chapter, verses 38 and 39, he said, whoever believes in me, as now this is you. He's describing you now. Listen to this. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And, by the, and John comments on it. He says, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. The Spirit had not yet returned. You got it? And then in Acts, the first chapter, verse 35, he says, well, in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is going to come on you. And then, now we're ready for that, what we're celebrating the anniversary of in Acts, the second chapter. Now listen to this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and sat upon each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, and the Spirit enabled them. And as you know, they were speaking, people were understanding them in languages that they never had learned. Now, wait a minute, listen. That can still happen if God wants it to. I won't go there, but there's, but there's some people that I, I mean, there, well, one of our lady, one of our girls was in China and started praying, she thought, in, she, in some kind of tongue, and she was, she was speaking Chinese. I mean, this kind of thing can still happen. Let's believe for more. Not get upset over it, not argue about anything, not argue about whose gifts, have, who has what, or who doesn't have what. Let's just yearn for more of him. And so then in Acts, now listen to this one. In Acts 2, 38, 39, get this. This verse you ought to know, but listen to it. So, so they cried out and said, what should we do? Here's what Peter says. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, all of whom the Lord our God will call. In other words, Peter's saying, oh, so you see what we got? Now, you get baptized, you turn to Jesus and get baptized in the name of Jesus, and you'll get the gift, that, you'll get forgiveness of sins, and you'll get what we got. And this promise is to you and your children and all who are far off. So if you've, been, if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, you got two things. You got forgiveness of sins, past, present, and future, and you got the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
all you have to do, but maybe you didn't pick it up. I mean, I think Watchman Nee gives an illustration like this. You go into a bookstore and you buy two books and you pick up one and walk out. The other one belongs to you, you didn't pick it up. Oh, I've got the receipt for it, so you walk back in to get the other book. That's what happened to me. When I was baptized in the name of Jesus, I just got one of those books. I got the forgiveness of sin. And by the way, it took me a long time to realize what that meant. I thought it meant if I didn't pray, I wouldn't get forgiven. But I didn't. it took me a long time to read Romans 3, that I have the gift of righteousness, that all my sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven in him. But I, had, I got another gift. But I didn't pick it up for years because I didn't know it was mine. In fact, I was frustrated. Even the years I was in Germany, I was studying the Holy Spirit. But I finally got to a place where, I thought, okay, I've got to settle this thing. All the, these Jesus people have a radiance that I didn't have. They've, they've, they've got something I didn't have. And so finally, on, in December of 69, I was 39 years of age. I went out in my backyard with family gone to bed. I took my Bible and, and I, started re- I started reading it. And I just said, Lord, let you and I pretend that I've never read this. I'm going to believe everything you say. And so that was the night that I, so I asked to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, 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 I didn't ha- and I thought, maybe I'll have this liquid love experience that come on my head and flow down all over my body. Maybe I'll burst out speaking in tongues. I don't know what I'll do, but I'm asking for it. Nothing happened. Nothing. But I said, you know, Lord, as long as, I'm, as, long as I understand that I'm, I'm going to accept by faith that I have your spirit fully inside of me with everything that there is and as long as I understand this I'll never ask you again for the baptism of the Holy Spirit I'm going to walk in it and so I that night I decided okay if I hear something from now and I now realize you've been talking to me and and I didn't know it was you because there's a passage in John the 8th chapter verse 47 that says those who belong to God hear what God says if you belong to God you hear what God says and some and not just in his word you hear his voice. And so I said, now I realize, Lord, that I've been, I've been hearing good things than I thought I thought of it. And now I realize you've been motivating me on that. And I also figured, and by the way, Lord, I had all this junk in my heart from childhood junk that had happened to me. And by the way, the enemy now, I realize, throws stuff into my head and then accuses me of it. And so now, if I hear anything that's unquestionably good and can't be wrong, I'm going to say, give me the energy, I'll do it, whatever it is. If I hear something that's unquestionably evil and can't be right, I'll say, go back to hell where you belong, that's not mine. And you know what? That's what I've walked in the rest of my life. And that's what I'm still walking in. And and I I could tell you all kinds of things that have happened to you like that, but let let me just tell you one example of how God speaks, of what he might say. There was one day when we were still living over in Grand White and I was all alone in the house and I had worship music going real, real loud by myself, just worshiping the Lord. And I was just feeling so engulfed in the Lord's love. And I, and so I said, I said, Lord, I, I'm just, I'm, I feel so affirmed by you. And if you've been waiting uh, to tell me something you needed to tell me and you didn't think I could handle it. I think I can handle it now, just anything. If you need to correct me some way, please just do it. And he said, I love you, Don. I was wiped out. That's the last thing I expected him to do. I know I didn't think of it. It had to be God. The devil didn't say it. 
So it had to be God. And so I was just totally wiped out for a while. And then I finally said again, oh, I didn't know I needed that. But okay, now I'm ready, Lord. I couldn't get him to say anything to me that day except I love you. So this is the kind of thing that's happening. Now, so as we move on to Scripture, I won't be all that long in all this. But in Acts, the fourth chapter, verse 31 says, after they prayed, the praise was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We are to be full of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 45 in the, when uh, Peter was praying for Cornelius, the, the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, he said. The Holy Spirit was poured out him like on us. In Acts 16, 6, they were, Paul and his companions were going to travel a certain place, but having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in a certain province. See, listen, if God calls you to some country, go. If he doesn't call you, don't go. See you know, listen to the Holy Spirit. I, don't, I, don't want to be, I didn't go to Iraq just because I like to travel. I went because I believe that's what God wanted me to do. You know, I'm, I'm not wild about this whole Israel thing just because I'm cool. That's just what God says. I'm, just, I'm wild about the Isaiah 19 highway, Egypt and Assyria. And, and if you don't know what that means, go read the closing verses of Acts 19. So Paul then goes on, and in such passages as Galatians 5, 16, He says, so now walk by the Spirit. I'll just stop with that. Walk by the Spirit. Or in verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us us keep step with the Spirit. And so so that's God's desire for us. That God's Spirit in our spirit make decisions. Don't make business decisions. This is a business decision. This is the way to run your business. God's spirit in our spirit. You need to make a decision, ask God. Now, he doesn't always talk the way we would like to talk, but he nudges. See, there's a, he, and he, he didn't come and talk through these ears. He used to tell him, why should he do that? He lives in here. He generally talks with promptings and, and rather than, than saying something out loud. He does that sometimes, but usually it's that. So in Romans 8, chapter verse 6, for example, Paul says, the mind, I love this one, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. I was, uh, one day I was walking, sometime back now, but I was walking, the Lord said, you're still trying to walk in the Spirit controlled by the mind. That's not, that's, no. Walk in your mind controlled by the Spirit. Or how about this one? Romans 8, chapter verse 13. By the Spirit, we put to death the misdeeds of the body. You got junk in your life? Anybody got a problem with drugs or alcohol or pornography or anything like that? Got junk in your life? The only way you're going to get rid of it is through the Spirit. By the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. I got all that junk that was mine because of the sexual molestation I'd experienced in childhood, those images and all that kind of stuff. The only way I ever got rid of it, I, didn't, I couldn't even bring those images up if I wanted to now. Because for so long, God, but it was through the Spirit that God put to death those works of evil. And then, it, how about this one, 1 Corinthians 14. Eagerly desire, follow the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. 
especially to prophesy. Now, don't get all out of joint by that last few words there. To follow the eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. After a while, one time the Lord said, read that again. I didn't say tolerate them. I said desire them. Oh, okay. Read that again. I didn't say desire them. I said earnestly desire them. And I said, all of them, Lord? Yes, all of them. Anything that you need. So this is the way in which we're to live. So my challenge, I've, I've got all kinds of challenges, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring this up. But one of the challenges of my life is John the 14th chapter, verse 12, which says, anyone who believes on me will do the things I'm doing. That's the word of God. Anyone who believes on me will do the things I'm doing. And so as what we see, you probably, probably everybody in the room knows that there have been some people, maybe there have been, sometimes we pray and people are healed, sometimes we pray and we don't see anything. But we must continue to just desire and know that the Lord is going to work everything, that his spirit has returned to us. So my challenge to all of us, not just to you, but to me, I'm still walking in there. I'm still wanting more. I, 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 I was in Mozambique. I've seen blind eyes open when we laid hands on a man. I've seen a lame w woman walk, but I don't see it nearly enough. And if you've never seen it, so what? That's not the important. The important thing is you, you walk in who God has you to be. And may, may, may that be the kind of thing that there is. So recently, one of the things the Lord's challenging me is because Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, only said what he saw the Father, heard the Father saying. So my goal in life is to do that, is only do what the Father said doing and say what the Father's saying. To be so connected with him that my conversation is continually, all the time, work, house, everything, this, can, this is the transforming power of the Lord. So Lord, so people, let's receive it. Let's, on this Pentecost day, let's all stand. And just, you, you can mutter your own prayer, but uh, let me just Pray, let me pray for us and with you. Lord, yes. We just say yes to your Holy Spirit. Would you just say yes? yes? We want more of you, Lord. We pray you'll baptize us afresh in your spirit. We need to be baptized in your spirit every day. Lord, don't, don't get us all hooked up with whether we have one gift or not. Let us just walk in the fullness of everything you desire us to be. Lord, we surrender our lives fresh and anew. Lord, get rid of every kind of junk in our life and make us, make us like you. You promised us that those who belong to God not only would hear you, but that our destiny is to become like you. So I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you will, that every person in this room will become more and more and more like you. We will think like you. We will speak like you. We will act like you. We will use our ears, our eyes, our, our feeling. We'll use our money. We'll use everything. It all belongs to you. May you rule in us, we pray, in the powerful name of Jesus. And the congregation said, Amen. hey, I've got one more, though. Let me, let me do this. This is just a prayer out of, I mean, this is, this is the pure word of God in, in Ephesians 3. But listen, may God, out of his glorious riches, strengthen us with power through his spirit 
in our inner being so that Christ can dwell in our hearts through faith. And we, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, long, high, deep is the love of God and to know that love that surpasses knowledge so that we can be filled to all the measure of the fullness of Jesus. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly according to the power that's worked within us, to be far more abundantly than all that we can ask, dream, think, or imagine. To him be glory in the community of believers and in Jesus forever and ever. Amen.